God is amazing. I didn't have a conversation with Paul or with Brad about the message this morning. But as we um, carry on, you'll realise why I said that. I thought this morning that it would be um, good, partly out of my own uh, studies and partly um, out of things I perhaps see, if we were to talk about encouragement. I don't know about you, but I need encouragement. And when I say that, I don't mean a pat on the back. I mean encouragement. When the Bible talks about encouragement, sometimes it's a pat on the back. Sometimes it's giving somebody a hand with something they need to do. Sometimes it's getting close to them in prayer. Sometimes it's weeping with them in sadness. That's when the Bible uses the word encouragement. That's what it means. When we say encourage, we think, oh, you know, give so-and-so a pat on the back. I encourage so-and-so today. Good job. That's a form of encouragement, but that's a watery, wishy-washy kind of encouragement. The scriptures, when we read, uh, speaks of it uh, more of that. I'm reminded of a, a recent example of encouragement that some of us here in the church experienced when we were painting it. I can't remember who was here now, but one dark evening we were here on our knees painting the um, wainscoting stuff and uh, Andy turned up. But he didn't have a paintbrush or his old painting clothes, but he did have a bowl of chips. <laughs> That's encouragement. Um, I may have told some of you that our uh, back garden backs onto uh, the playing fields. And uh, very often we hear the, the kids and the grown-ups, not so keen on hearing the grown-ups, but the kids uh, playing football. And sometimes they're out there practicing with the coach. And uh, one afternoon I was uh, pottering away in the garden and I could hear this coach and I thought to myself, that is marvellous. If ever there's an example of how to coach and encourage, it was this man. He knew every boy's name. If they didn't get it quite right, he didn't rubbish them. He encouraged them to do better. If they did something good, he praised them. It was a lesson uh, uh, to listen to. Okay, so that's a kind of um, my little uh, uh, preamble. And what we're going to do this morning is rather than have a scripture reading... We're going to take a little walk through some scriptures uh, relative to this subject, mostly in the uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. So if you want to turn to um, 1 Thessalonians, and uh, just um, bear with me over this because we have no um, pictures uh, this morning. Uh, so uh, we're just going to uh, read some of these various uh, scriptures. So we're beginning with 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 and verse 2. And uh, we're going to whiz into chapter 5 and verse 11 after that. So if you want to put your finger in one and the other. But uh, they're just two verses that set the scene 
for our subject this morning. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. And then in chapter 5 and verse 11, it says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. If you um, were to read the first chapter of uh, 1 Thessalonians, it kind of gives you a description of how a church ought to be. They were a brilliant lot, these Thessalonians. You almost, as you read that, think they must have got it all right. Um, They were very evangelical and very strong in the face of persecution. And Paul writes a lot of good things uh, about them. And certainly we read here that they were about the business of encouraging one another. Uh, Timothy uh, was um, Paul's younger friend who was sent to the Thessalonians uh, to encourage them to be their pastor. And they, as we read, were in turn to encourage one another. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, you don't need to uh, turn to it, but when Paul writes to Timothy, his sort of pastor's handbook, as it were, he tells him to preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. That's a good job description, I guess, for leaders and pastors in the church. But you note there that it includes not just the teaching, but it includes the rebuking. There's the discipline uh, element of it, so that the functions of a, a leader and a pastor in a church is very much to be uh, an encourager. I want us to think first of all about where that all comes from, the source, if you like, of our encouragement. And again, if you turn to the second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter two, verses. 13, verse 13. Doing the fiery furnace upstairs. It's more fun, I expect. Sounds like it, doesn't it? But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ so then brothers stand firm hold to the teachings we passed on to you whether by word of mouth or by letter you see the source for all this and this is where I just am thrilled this morning to have been here up to this point the source of all this it's the Lord himself. It's our God. It's his son, Jesus. And as we've been uh, reminded in so many ways already this morning, this is what we're all about. We haven't come here this morning for some intellectual uh, discussion. We haven't come to talk about some supposed deep aspect of the Christian faith or church history. We've come to speak of the Lord Jesus. And we've come to rejoice in what he has done for us. 
the reasons to be encouraged, the source of our encouragement. We're the objects of his love. Whose love? As Brad's reminded us of God's love. Not just anybody's love. It's great to be loved. We went to a wedding yesterday. There's always a lot of love floating about in a wedding, isn't there? Which is great. It's thrilling. But it's more thrilling to realise that God loves us. And his love never fades. It has no limits. That we've been chosen. Now, here we might, you think, be straying into really quite... Uh, difficult territory and I don't want to do that this morning but you know this speaks of the grace of God oh you know we can put aside all the the deep and the intellectual discussions I can stand here this morning and I don't do it with any pride I don't do it with any form of boasting whatsoever but I do it because I can only speak for me I can't speak for you you have to speak and think for yourselves but God has chosen me I just that kind of almost makes us speechless Jill is very fond of an American lady preacher called Joyce Meyer some of you may have heard her but very often in her um, sort of sermons which I do sometimes catch a snatch of despite her rather irritating voice um, she does sometimes say just stop and think about that and perhaps you know that should be it I should just sit down this morning and let us all just think and dwell upon that but we've been chosen we've been saved we've been saved from the consequences of our sin we've been saved from everything that in this uh, world would uh, spoil us and, and pollute us We've been sanctified. It's a lovely Bible word. It just means that God has taken us out of everything and claimed us for himself. Of course, that means that we have to live a particular way because of that. Hence the saintly uh, uh, aspect of sanctification. But that's what it means. It means we are going to be equipped to deal with all that life's throws at it doesn't mean that we're super Christians um, but it does mean we're special I love that song it's not very easy to sing and not everybody likes it but that song aimed at children I guess but it says I'm special because God has loved me he gave me the best thing he had his son Jesus I'm reminded also of those um, two sons that we looked at some weeks ago in uh, Luke 14, uh, the, the lost son or the prodigal son and his older brother and it was the lost one the one that got it all wrong the one that made the mistakes the one that was selfish and sinful who experienced God's grace and the poor older one he, he didn't get it did he he kind of missed it so let's rejoice this morning let's be encouraged because of what God has done for us and let's encourage one another and I feel that so far this morning that's how I felt as I sat there and Paul and uh, Brad have ministered to us and reminded us of those things let's be encouraged secondly I want us to be encouraged because we have a glorious future 
In the wedding uh, ceremony, don't quite use the words till death us do part these days. I can't remember how it came up, but we had this kind of service thing in front of us, and the words were sort of there, but it wasn't quite the same. But you know, that's true of everything, isn't it? In a sense, of um, uh, relationships, and we've been reminded this this morning, thinking of Anne's mum. In a worldly sense, all things come to an end. Things change, things finish, things end, things change. But with God, there's a glorious future. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you're turning to now, verse 13. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are still left at the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Isn't that great? On Tuesday at our uh, home group, we were um, uh, talking there. And uh, I don't know why because I didn't know I'd be uh, speaking this morning at that point in time but we were talking there about how it seems to be missing these days in our churches and what we hear about the Lord's coming again about the future that we have I don't mean the the, the, deta- the detail the minute you know if you're a pre-tribulationist or a post pre-millennium or post-millennium and all that That's not what matters. What matters is to live in the light of the fact that Jesus is coming again. That everything we have here is temporal and passing. It's not permanent. The Thessalonians knew what it was to be persecuted. They knew what it was to feel that the whole world was against them. I don't doubt that that drew them together. But Paul wrote to them about these end times. He wrote to them about the people that they perhaps had seen die as a result of persecution to encourage them, to cheer them up, to remind them of the hope they have in Jesus for a wonderful future. If we're simply living for now with the hopes and ambitions and achievements, etc., that relate to the here and now, we will be disappointed. But if we're living with eternity in view, if we're living in the light of the Lord's return, then our disappointments 
our setbacks and our hardships, our sometimes being misunderstood. Do you identify with these things? I'm not just speaking about myself, am I? We all experience these things. It all becomes worthwhile because one day we will be with the Lord forever and share in his glory. Be encouraged. Yes, I'm encouraging you this morning, but I'm not encouraging you just to be cheerful because of we have a glorious future. I'm encouraging you to think about how you live now because of that coming day. You know, elsewhere the Lord speaks of it, doesn't he? He says, no one knows but my Father. He speaks elsewhere of it, of, it, of it coming like a thief in the night. We need to be prepared. We need to be living in the here and now, in the light of eternity. We need to encourage one another about the way we live. Not to score points over one another, but to help one another. To aid one another, to become the people that God wants us to be. So that we won't be ashamed at his appearing be encouraged and encourage over these things and what I want to do now is to stay in the letter to the Thessalonians but to use that as we move into a, a time of uh, communion uh, because that uh, is what we uh, are going to do this morning and I want some of this to centre around uh, that communion hence we're going to look at some more verses um, from Thessalonians up to now we've seen that it's God himself our heavenly father who is the source of and the reason for our encouragement but as we've already been reminded this morning and as this bread and wine here reminds us these blessings come at a cost and as we come to communion I want us to reflect a little bit on that just uh, two more verses then from Thessalonians uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 Verses 9 and 10. You see we're making progress here through the chapter. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together in him. If we're among those who believe these things, who are trusting in God, have put our faith in Jesus, truly repented of our sins, and have God's salvation through Jesus, then all the blessings and all the blessings that go with it, we have them because he, Jesus, died for us. This bread and the wine, they're a symbol or a reminder of that. 
That's what the Lord himself wanted us to do. To take two simple, everyday things. To share a really simple meal. But in a spiritual sense, an absolute banquet. To remind ourselves of the cost, the price that was paid that we might enjoy the goodness and the blessings of his salvation. I'm reminded of um, a song that we sometimes sing that I like a lot, How Deep the Father's Love. We sing it quite often, but I wondered if you thought when you sing that line, I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. I'm sure the uh, writer of the hymn had uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 in mind. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So as we share these things, we need to remind ourselves of that, that it all begins with a cross and with God's Son there giving himself for us. Praise the Lord, it doesn't end. The verse goes on to say, remember, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. What we do here looks back to a cross and to that scene at Calvary in those hours of darkness, to much that we just sung about, but it looks forward to to a coming day. When the Lord um, shared this with the disciples, he told them he wouldn't drink again until he drank with them in heaven. And so we're looking back and we're looking forward. So let's rejoice in all the blessings in God that we have. Remember the cost. Remember our Savior's suffering and death. But let's look forward to, to his coming again. I just want to round things off, as it were. We've been reminded this morning in many, many ways, not just by me, of the source of our blessings in Christ, of God himself and his son Jesus and what he's done for us. We've been reminded what those blessings are, that we have one another, that we have a hope for the future. In communion, we reflected that those blessings uh, come with a cost. And so, as we leave here with all of that, surely it has to have an effect. There has to be a consequence in our lives, in my life. And uh, with that in view, I want to let, just leave you with a few more, uh, another verse from Thessalonians. Don't turn to it. Uh, you can look it for yourself afterwards. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. You see, we were progressing. But it says this. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks 
in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's almost the start of another sermon, isn't it? But if that was true of me this week, if that was true of you, would we make a difference? I think we would. I trust God will enable us to do that.